Good evening, everybody. This is your host, Huge Pop, and the Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast. Tonight, we have a special guest. Our guest tonight is a professional wrestler who wrestles in southwestern states, including Arizona, California, Utah, Colorado, Nevada. He stands at 5'10 and about 250 pounds. He's a kickboxer, powerlifting gold medalist, and a strongman competitor. He currently is the urban legend heavyweight champion and formerly the ASCW hardcore champion and the Compton Boulevard 24-7 on-site champion. He usually works in tag team known as the Peacemakers with his tag partner that will be out here in a little bit, the Manimal, who is 6'3 and 3 quarters and 305 pounds. Please welcome to the show the cowboy from hell, Stud Bronson. Ooh, I like that. Thank you for having me. I need you to come and announce me all the time. That's good. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> well, thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> so thank you again for coming on the show. And um, I know we just talked about um, our what we have in common. And that's so cool that you work with kids. And um, I, yep. I say thank you. I praise you, man. That's just awesome, man. Thank you. So, of course, you probably heard this question all the time. How did you first get into the the world of professional wrestling, like childhood memories. Uh, okay. So I have, I have a couple connecting dots here. So I, I like telling these stories. Um, the first match I ever saw, I was a little kid, uh, come back home from uh, church at grandma's. We went to grandma's house after church and uh, I would watch like Muppet babies and uh, it was canceled or maybe the time changed. I don't know. And I went out, into the living room and bawling my little baby head off and she brought me back into the TV room and she's like, well, I, I think, I think I know something you will, you'll like. And I was like, okay. And she turns on pro wrestling and uh, the match was Shawn Michaels, like just right at, I think just right after the Marty Jannetty split and uh, Dusty Rhodes when Dusty was with Sapphire yeah. and uh, Shawn hits the, the super kick. Dusty goes over the top rope. He falls into this like playpen full of balloons and they all go up and he gets up and him and Sapphire start arguing and Sean hits the, the Sean pose. And I was hooked. Uh, I was, I don't know what, <laughs> it just is perfect. Um, we moved uh, to Kentucky from Arizona and it was hard to find wrestling uh, on TV in Kentucky. Uh, at least the, the cable we had, which, you know, it's a weird concept nowadays. A lot of people don't, remember what that's like uh, but we eventually came back to arizona and we f i found wrestling again on tv uh mostly through a friend of mine named alan who had uh he brought action figures over to play the the bone crunching jack specific uh and he had the, he had british bulldog ahmed johnson and uh i think gold dust and a couple days later he came over and he had stone cold steve austin and i didn't know who this was yet and steve was just making that arc into being stone cold like we were maybe a year year and a half out from him doing the the run with Shawn michaels and taking the heavyweight title at wrestlemania so i'm hooked something about the steve austin toy hits me i find it on tv i'm a huge steve austin fan uh my aunt comes for a visit tells us she's got a new boyfriend uh he's gonna get us tickets to wrestling i'm like yeah yeah okay whatever and he did and I ended up meeting Steve Austin the Monday Night Raw before he beat Sean for the heavyweight title. And he was so nice. He was yeah, just absolute gentleman. Uh, and funny story, uh, I remember it to this day. 
He smelled like a Dove hand soap. And I don't know what I was expecting uh, as a little kid, maybe maybe tobacco and beer, but he didn't smell like that. And I was like, huh. Um, but, you know, the, the, this, this progresses. I get into my 20s, and uh, Sean has his match with Undertaker at WrestleMania, and he's going to retire. And, you know, we had the writings on the wall. We knew what was going to happen. Undertaker's not going to lose. Uh, and Sean loses. And you can go back on the network and you can, you can watch this. Sean's going up the aisle. He's not touching anybody's hands. He's waving. He's blowing his kisses. And he stops and he grabs one dude's hand at the very end. That dude's me. Really? Yep. And Sean tells me right, looks me right in the eyes. And he goes, oh, my goodness. How could I ever forget you? And then he walked off. And I, I was like, well. And then. Like ten more years passed, and then I was like, "I'm gonna go for wrestler." <laughs> yeah, wow, so I, that is it's epic. Lifelong love affair with wrestling, and it just keeps hitting these spots. So that's awesome. So you were in a crowd, and after the night Shawn Michaels lost to the Undertaker, he comes up and he shakes your hand. Yeah, and it, yeah, the the moment felt like it took minutes. You know, like five, ten minutes. You watch it back; it's instantaneous. He reaches out, grabs my hand. He's there for a split second just to get a sentence out. And he leaves, and uh, it 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 hit like a ton of bricks, man. So uh, I am now a wrestler. <laughs> that is awesome. So there, there was one of my. Have you ever attended a WWE AEW event? So yes, obviously that was it. What, yeah. in your opinion, is the big difference between major time wrestling and indie wrestling? Uh, storytelling. Um, if we're, if we're talking differences, uh, you know, on on TV, it's pretty. It's pretty paint by numbers. We can see who the guys are, right? They're and and girls. Uh, they're they're relatively good looking. They can talk and they can wrestle. Yeah, uh, you can do all of those things on the indies, and they'll book you to lose three matches in a row, and and you, and you lose the blow off. And it's like, how did that happen? <laughs> like it's uh it's it's just kind of wild, you know. It's uh, but it, it's the it's the ability to pin because they you know it's not uh, most of these aren't broadcast on youtube or twitch or something like that so maybe they think there's a lack of a following maybe they think people are just filling in from the the street the bars whatever and maybe they're not there for the story they just want the action but in in my experience the indies are missing that that through line of of good storytelling uh you'll just you'll see things that don't make sense a lot and it's like well story-wise that that's awful (laughs) right right part of the I do. Uh, I um, live in the Panhandle of Florida, and in Panama City, there's a uh, Extreme Impact Wrestling. It's XIW. Um, the promoters, uh, Adrian Whisper, um, guys like Damian Wayne. I don't know if he's in, he's in the Indies. Jackson Slade, all them. They do a show every two months, and one thing they they thrive on is to make sure there's a story to keep coming. They bring you back two months later, you know. So right, I totally get it. I, yeah, you don't want to go into something and like. Okay, here's a match, and then because then you you'd lose interest because for us fans, I mean, my biggest my my I'll say my favorite most awesomest time in wrestling was um the night I was watching uh Bash at the Beach, and Hogan comes down. You know, you haven't seen Hogan in quite a while. You know, and Macho Man's getting his ass beat, and blah blah blah. And you you know, leading up to that, you have all you have Scott Hall and Nash invading WCW all the time. He's the third man. Yeah, who's that third guy, you know? So every 
every month, you know, every uh, WCW day, I go to the lived in a complex. I go down to the um, rec room and I turn on WCW, you know, and there it was. And here's Macho Man laying on a thing, and here comes Hogan and drops that leg. And I'm like, what? Yeah, you know, and that just spiraled into me, my love of wrestling again because it had died off at that point in time. So I asked that. I say that to ask this: What's your favorite era for? for you growing up and now oh uh you know i i'd say uh when i was growing up it is probably the, the era i was in which was you know is the monday night wars is the attitude era uh now that i'm in in the business uh i like the 80s a lot man uh, i like yeah. the feud with the horseman and dusty uh mm-hmm. when they when they take his arm and they break it in the car door and yeah. Stuff like that. I like uh, his tag team stuff with with Magnum TA. Um, <laughs> Magnum TA. I got I got a story about that. Um, but it's uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I gravitate more towards the '80s because while it wasn't perhaps so uh, athletically crisp, the storytelling uh, was leaps and bounds above what it is today, and you you believed it. You know uh, you. Dusty's out there uh, bleeding like a stuck pig. And you're like, I better send Dusty Rhodes a letter because yeah. obviously he went to the hospital. And now Cody Rhodes gets it. And I get props to Cody, man. Cody tears his peck and it's bad. And he goes and wrestles and nobody writes him a letter. You know, like, you're I don't right. know. It's, it's, <laughs> it's so I, I, I think the 80s for sure uh, hold a very uh, special place in my heart. If it's not the 80s, it's obviously the Attitude Era. Uh, what happens on TV today? is outstanding uh they are athletes like never before right now uh you got guys like ricochet and 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 you have uh you know your becky lynch's and 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 your baileys and and, you know people like that it's just they're on this other level of of athleticism and it's 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 pretty wild to see yeah yeah so 80s and wcw and uh attitude era so i'm gonna ask this TikTok question okay it's more of a joke than anything so who is the biggest WCW heavyweight champion ever? The biggest WCW. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say the giant, Paul White, right? David Arquette. I hate it. I, God. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll move on from there. <laughs> that hurt. That hurt right here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe it either, so don't worry about it. It's just a, it's just a uh, you know an icebreaker question. So hey, I like it. Can you describe your training regimen and physical demands of being a pro wrestler? Like, where did you train? Um, who was your trainer? Sure. Um, so I uh, I trained uh, at the CLW Cactus League Wrestling. It's now uh, defunct league, uh, which you know uh, that, that happens in this business. Uh, Mac Havoc was my uh, trainer, and mm. Mac was very, as wrestling is, he's very he's very cardio heavy, um, and he would tell me things like you you look like wrestler and you move like wrestler, but I got to make sure you can breathe like a wrestler. Um, so uh, <laughs> he would he'd, he'd have me hit uh, the ropes a uh, hundred times, uh, and mm. those ropes are brutal man they are everybody thinks it's a you know you hit the ropes and it's fine they're they're metal cables with uh 
you know, with, with hose around them. It's, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm 250 pounds. So I go and I smoke that rope and it's like, Oh my God. Um, it's, it's, it was real, it's real cardio heavy. Um, now, you know, you, you have to keep up in, in your ring shape. So you got to go in and, uh, where we are right now, way South in Arizona, there's not a wrestling school. Um, there's one an hour and a half away from us. There's one two and a half hours away from us, but in our town, which is a small town, Jason Aldean, um, it is, uh, it, there, there is, there's nothing to train here. Um, so a lot of us will get together, uh, the, mostly the peacemakers and there's, uh, there's five of us technically, uh, one of them lives in California though. And he, he's got his own way to do it, but the four of us will get together to live here and we'll go train in a boxing ring. And it's a lot different than a wrestling ring. And you work on your, you know, you, you work on your connectivity. You work on uh, things that you saw in your last match. And you're like, that, that, that sucked. Um, so for me, I work on my, uh, my, my footwork a lot. I'll work on my, my chain wrestling a lot. Uh, some of the other guys, they, they need, you know, other places. But, and I can't, and I'm, I'm really glad you asked this question, actually. Uh, so I, I can't stress this enough. Um, I am a pretty big dude, uh, 250 pounds. That's not a, not a small guy by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and I, I don't got the cleanest diet on earth, but you can tell I go to a gym pretty frequently. I got a gym in my backyard, uh, yeah. and I train weights every single day. And so does every single other member of the Peacemakers. And you don't find a lot of that on the independent wrestling scene. Everybody's got an excuse. They work at Domino's until midnight. They, their girlfriend won't let them. Uh, you know, mom and dad need them to be home by 10 o'clock at night. There's, there's some excuse somewhere in, in the indies. And I, on the record, I know I'm not the, the fittest guy on planet Earth. But I know for a fact, uh, I'm one of the strongest guys out here in the Indies right now because, you know, I got a, when I was doing Strongman, I got a 405 pound overhead press. Uh, I got a 500 pound squat. I got a 500 pound deadlift. I got a 300 plus pound bench press. That is a big part of wrestling training and safety is being a base. If a guy comes off the top rope, you got to be able to catch him and not let him blow through you. You got to be able to catch him and, and, and receive him well. Uh, when you body slam somebody, you got to be strong enough to hold them up. Uh, people watch wrestling. They don't realize how strong these guys and these girls really are. And I, so I can't stress it enough. I might, I get in the ring once during the week and then I'll go wrestle once on the weekend and every other day I'm pumping iron, man. Right now we switched up. We're uh, more in a, a bodybuilding phase. We usually train power for the most part. Uh, but right now we're, we're cleaning up the physique a little bit. We're going to, we're going to try and, uh, try and put uh, a little more uh, Alexander Hammerstone on this. He's a <laughs> try yeah, and try a, and get a little more, a little more Jack. Just a little bit. More. He's a big dude. He is. He's he like, is. he's freaky big. I mean, like what the <laughs> hell? Yeah, so if I understood you right, you would probably be agree with this. Those that don't put the effort into it because they work the dominoes or the mama said they can't, or the wife says they can't, or the girlfriend says they can't. They're the ones on the bottom looking up at you guys because uh, you guys you are going to want you're putting forth the work and or not. Uh, you know, realistically, man, um, and it's no secret wrestling has politics. And a lot of these dudes that haven't seen the inside of a gym, you know, in five years, they uh, 
they're holding the title belt somewhere. <laughs> and it's like, how did you do that? Right. Um, but, you know, it, it is it is what it is. Uh, some guys, you know, maybe they have an injury that prevents them from training. They just they just keep it keep it quiet. But uh, I'll tell you, uh, there's a lack of biceps on the independent wrestling scene. <laughs> so we need to bring back biceps to wrestling. OK, make make biceps great again. <laughs> gotcha. So I loved your promo. Actually, I told I, I talked to my I told my wife, I said, oh, shit. This is the first guy that's called me out saying, hey, you want a piece of me or something? I can't remember how the word for word. I'm yeah. like, oh, damn. <laughs> you know, so I, and it was an excellent promo. So Thank I you. asked that. I said that because I asked this question. Um, So other than the physical aspects of training, did you is this where you learn promos, how to do promo in the in training or? Um, so I did, I, in, when I went through school for, for wrestling, uh, there was promo class and I went through probably three of them. Um, and I, I'll say that, uh, a lot of people miss out, you know, they, they watch wrestling. They'll go, they'll go take a pee, uh, when the rock's talking, you know, they'll go make a sandwich when, when, uh, Bailey is on the mic, uh, they'll be on their phone texting when MJF has gotten a promo. And that's a key element they're missing. And they forgot talking is a big part of the business. Everybody will tell you, oh, you got to know how to talk, brother. But then you get them on a microphone and they're like, uh, well, yeah. uh. And, and, you know, uh, before this, though, I, I, I had some acting experience. Okay. So, I mean, it's just the ability to be in front of a camera and talk like you mean it. That that's that's what a promo is. Gotcha. I mean, one of the best, in my opinion, today, um, had to pay attention to the two people that he mimics. It's L.A. Knight. That oh, guy is phenomenal on the mic. He is. And so was so is Stone Cold, and so yep. is The Rock. Yep. And those those two boys, you you got to believe he watched those two guys. Oh, absolutely. You know, so that's he's one of my favorite um, promo guys. So um. Is the it's the best experience while in training school when you finally step through the ropes into or into a match? So I'm, I, let me reword that. Is the ex best experience and best training in the ring at training school, or is it firsthand while you're doing it? Um, the best training is like so. It's good to go to the school so you can learn the you can put the tools in the tool belt, right? Uh. You know, pardon my French, you don't know shit till you step in a wrestling ring uh, and actually have a match. Right. Everybody, they'll they'll go and then, you know, wrestlers will tell you all the time, you got you to train, you got to train. And you do. You have to train. But if you're in your fifth or sixth school and you basically wrestle in the same state constantly for the same promotion, you might want to take a look at your life and go, I'm doing something wrong. Uh the, the best you're going to get is having matches. Learn what you need to learn from your school. Go pay X amount of dollars a month or a year. However long your school takes. Most of them take about four months. Pay the money. Get the tools for the belt. And then go get booked, man. There's some promotion somewhere. Show up with your bag. You know about a show. Show up with your bag. And I bet you dollars of donuts somebody can't make the gig. The, you know, the, the, their gig at the auto zone. They couldn't get out of it that day. So there's an open spot, and you can open you can open the show. You got to get in the wrestling ring to understand what wrestling is, and the adrenaline dump. The second you step between those ropes, the first five times, all of a sudden you've been training your butt off, 
and you're sucking air like two minutes into the match. They don't prepare you for that. Training doesn't prepare you for that. It's the live motion that gets you. Gotcha. Wow. So what's the most challenging aspect of being a professional wrestler, both physically and mentally? Ah, uh, man, that is... I think mentally it's uh, it's being away from, like, in my case, uh, so I'm a single dad, and I have a shared custody. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll miss, you know, a day or two with, with her going to a show in California or Utah. And, you know, uh, my, you know, I'll, I'll set it up to, you know, I'll let my, my, my ex know and I, you know, it's, it's all gravy. It's all fine. But, uh, you're driving back from California at one in the morning and, you know, you know that you're not gonna get to see your little kid until the next day. And that's an extra day you're gone where you don't get them. And that kills you, man. Uh, that, that, that sits, that sits pretty heavy on me. Um, the, the travel of wrestling, uh, is, is perhaps mentally the hardest part. Physically, uh, I actually just posted about this uh, today, I think. Um, there was a post that said, uh, you know, uh, wrestling isn't, isn't fake. Uh, and I think that's the, the big component that all wrestlers uh, we, we push for. We're all proponents for that. And, you know, uh, you might, people might think they know uh, what it's like, especially for the indie guys. But, you know, I'm, I'm working on... on two hurt knees uh, and a bad shoulder right now. Uh, one of the other peacemakers, he's, uh, he's, got a, he's got a bad back right now. Uh, one of the other peacemakers doesn't, doesn't feel good. You know, he's just he's beat up generally. Another one, he separated the shoulder in a match over in California. And it's living your everyday life, going to your nine to five and doing your, your thing and trying to be a normal human being while well, you got these aches and pains and everybody thinks what you do is fake on the weekend. Uh, physically, that is that is the hardest part where you got to go work at, you know, a high school or a Walmart or in my case, you'll go to, uh, you know, a residential facility uh, and you got to wear your button up shirt and you're covering up these bumps, these bruises, these cuts, this pain. And somebody at some point makes some joke about wrestling being fake. And it's all like, brother, I, <laughs> this is, this is a, a lot more real than you, than you realize. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, it's the wear and tear of the body. You know, uh, like the post had said, uh, most professional wrestlers won't wrestle uh, a quarter of their life, a third of their life. It's, it's very brief. You get to do this. And one day when you hang those boots up, Everything you did still stays with you. Your knees hurt, your shoulder hurts, your neck hurts, your back hurts. And it's uh, people don't realize the, the, the physical pain we go through just to entertain people. <clears throat> Absolutely. So you talked about the peacemakers. Um, yep. So I would assume that brotherhood in the business is very important to you. It is. It is. Um, can you explain how important a group of people joining forces in the business? Um, do you guys have each other's backs, um, et cetera? Yeah. Uh, so realistically, I think uh, uh, the brotherhood of, of this business is very important. If you can find a, a clique of dudes you can roll with or, or dudettes uh, that have your back no matter what, uh, you're, you're golden. Because I'll tell you, man. You think you know what you're doing. You got a, a pocket full of cash, you know, for for your weekend out in 
California, Utah, Colorado, wherever you're going that week, you get there and all of a sudden everything costs a little bit more than you expected and you got to eat dinner and you're strapped. So one of your brothers puts down $5 bill so you can get some Burger King for dinner. Or, you know, in, in, in my case, uh, I, I wish, you know, I could say something like Burger King. These guys take real good care of me. Uh, we'll go to, we'll go to like Bob's Big Boy. There's one in California. Huh? And it's a sit down restaurant. It's a, it's, it's a classy place, man. I dig it. It's a, you know, big, big, good burger joint. And I'll go, I'll go to pay for my own thing. And one of them will be like, no, man, you drove. And they'll cover. And the, the, the idea of having guys that will literally give you everything they got because they, they, they love you. They love spending time with you and they love what you guys do together. That is, that is irreplaceable. Uh, a lot of guys walk around, you know, uh, backstage, and they'll call you brother. And I'll, I'll tell you right now, I got about, I got about four brothers in this business, uh, that I, I honestly believe would bend over backwards and, and move mountains for me. Uh, I, 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 I ain't speaking bad about anybody. I ain't saying, you know, negative things. I'm saying for a fact, I know there are four dudes that would literally do anything for me if they had to. And it, it, it makes it easier. It does. It makes it a lot easier. That's awesome. Um, I was talking to Herb Simmons of SICW um, up in uh, Missouri. He's an old school guy. He brought in the Briscoes and up. he brought in through um, all those guys, the funks and stuff. And he was talking about the tor- ter- territory days. Yeah. Are we missing the territory days now in the independence scene? Oh, you bet. You bet. I wish... I wish with everything we still had territories and you get a little flavor territories. We're going to work out in uh, battleground and they uh, in Colorado and they have, uh, they're doing like a live stream of their show and that's awesome, man. And you know, uh, they're, they're doing sponsor a pro wrestler and, and stuff like that. And that's great. And that's kind of a little taste of, of, of the territories because you know, your territory days, you were getting wrestling on your TV from the NWA, the AWA, whomever. Uh, once a week, you get a show with with Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, and you could write letters in and you could send these guys money because you you just loved them so much. Uh, and you do you get a little little taste of that here and there on the Indies. Um, but I, I think if the Indies were a territory, uh, if there was more territories like real real territories in the Indies. Uh, wrestling would be, you'd be able to make it your job. You could make a living, a true living off of wrestling. Uh, I I know, I know guys uh, like Hammer make a living off wrestling and they're still in the Indies. Uh, Jacob Fatu, guys like that. Uh, But I mean, everybody, you know, Uh, your, your, your Bob Armstrongs, you know, like the, the guy that isn't the champ. If, if territories were a thing and you were running bi-weekly or weekly, forms of television, whether it's online or whatever, and you controlled, you know, Arizona, New Mexico, or, or the Southern parts of Arizona, New Mexico, man, you would, you would make so much money. If you, the four corners were a territory, right. that's where I am right now. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in Arizona. Oh. I'm, we're part of the four corners. Right. Hey, if the four corners were a territory, you'd have some of the most badass guys and girls doing some of the most badass matches you've ever seen. I mean, for God's sakes, the death match was born in Texas. So right. it's, uh, right. I, I do think we are aching for the territory days. And uh, I do believe in my heart of hearts, we are not 
far from seeing a territorial revolution soon. Okay. So I, 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 hope I think so. we, we're headed back. I hope so, because I heard he talked extensively about territories, just like you did. And um, I just I would imagine that'd probably be you know, if you're an indie wrestler, you'd want that. If you're stupid, if you didn't get didn't want that. Absolutely. I mean, that doesn't make any sense why you wouldn't want it. Right. So I agree. You go. You talked about Colorado, Utah, Arizona, California. So obviously there's a lot of driving involved. I'm not going to ask for everyone, but there's got to be, I cannot, rem, I can't, ex, especially with the peacemakers, I'm sure, four dudes traveling everywhere. There's got to be some good stories. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, so far, everything's been, been pretty, pretty tame uh, so far. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I will say there are, you have moments, you know, not maybe in the drive, but in, in these different locker rooms where, you realize it is it is a much different culture in every different locker room. Uh, I was sitting with with uh, so what, the other the other peacemaker. He's uh, one of the other ones. His name is his work name is uh, Chevero, and uh, it's Chevero. Uh, so me and Chevero and uh, Manimal, we're 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 changing out in the locker room. I'm not going to say where. We're changing out in the locker room, and I look over and shibeto has got this look on his face like he's done seeing a ghost. And I look over at Manimal and he's got the same look. And I look in the direction they're looking. And this fella is standing there, one of the other workers, and he is wearing a nude colored thong. And oh, no. <laughs> brother, I'd, I'd never I'd never really been in the presence of that. And I was like, huh. And I went to go look the other way. And well, the torture wasn't over because right next to him was a big 300 pound full grown naked man and i was like well son of a gun here we are <laughs> and, uh it's, it's it's different cultures you know the 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 writing it's it's pretty it's pretty basic we uh right now our, our big our big trip is uh you know we'll, we'll go to california a lot and uh on the way out we'll, we'll get together at like three in the morning we make the eight hour drive <clears throat> we stop at a beef jerky pot place and uh Oh my God! What is it? Quartzite. We stop in Quartzite in this beef jerky place, and there's this little old lady, and I guess she makes all this beef jerky, and then she sells little odds and ends, little uh, specialty sodas and stuff, and you know to to pad the numbers, obviously, because we're here for the beef jerky. Uh, it's it's little things like that, but I, I'll tell you, you know, you get you get four guys in the car that are, you know, dizzy from dizzy from being up so early in the morning. Then they go and they wrestle and they get back in that car. And the conversation, you know, it, uh, I, I haven't been in the car yet where we don't laugh until we cry or we go hoarse from laughing or you feel like you're legitimately going to pee your pants because you're like, because, you know, and it goes back to the brotherhood thing, man. When you're with these guys day in and day out, you train together, you travel together, you sleep together, you eat together, you wrestle together. It, it, it really, uh, I don't want to say it makes it easier to be away from like your your you know your kids or whatever, but it's a nice distraction when you're gone for sure. It makes it it makes it, uh, I don't know because it's not easier, but it, it makes it uh, so you can withstand it. You know, it's uh you, it's it's great. Well, I'm sure we're gonna come up on a couple of stories that we got. Uh, we legitimately have two. Our next two out of state dates are 13 hour drives there and back. So it's going to be 26 hours total in a car with, with four four guys that, 
easily crest over 230 pounds a piece. So it'll it'll be fun, that's for sure. I bet. So I have a feeling that us us wrestling fans have a misconception of professional wrestlers. Um, so is is professional wrestlers all fun and fun and roses like us fans think it is? No. Uh <laughs> no, you know, you'll there, there is, there's a downside to, to wrestling and, uh, and you don't always face it. You know, the majority of the time you show up, you get your boots on, you go in the ring, you have a good match. Uh, sometimes you get your boots on, you go in the ring, you get kicked in the back of that so hard. You don't want to know where you are for the majority of the match. Uh, and then you got to go to, to work on Monday. Like that did not happen. Uh, you obviously have your politics, you know, well, it, it's, it's the key with wrestling, right? Everybody knows about it. No. And and politics can make people feel horrible, you know, make you feel small, make you feel like you don't want to do right. this. Maybe it's not right for you. And that's kind of that's the uh, that's the man maker. Right. It's right. Once the politics press down on you, are you going to leave? Uh, and that's that's you know, it's 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 pretty it's a pretty tough decision to make, you know, because uh, in politics, a lot of the time, you know, people feel disrespected. Uh, I'll tell you, in my experience so far. Um, I have only wanted to kick one guy's ass, uh, in the locker room. Uh, like he got me heated enough to actually want to kick his ass. Uh, I, I could say the same from animal. I think he's, uh, I think he's got a couple more than me. Uh, uh, but you know, for the most part, you just gotta, you gotta be able to separate. You gotta be able to go, this is supposed to be fun. Okay. And when it stops being fun, you need to stop doing it. Absolutely, 100%. I think that's with anything. I mean, just like you know, yeah. I mean, my job with our our jobs with working with kids, when that becomes more of a job and not fun anymore, it's time yep. to hang it up and walk out because yep. you're gonna hate it the rest of the life. So, how do you guys balance the scripted entertainment aspects of wrestling with the physical athleticism required in the ring? How do we balance the scripted with the physicality? Well, I think the easiest way to answer that is to say you got to like, okay, so in my case, uh, I am, you know, I got a former kickboxer, weightlifter, all that, all that good stuff. Um, I know it is a script. It's a scripted event. Uh, and I also know that I hit hard. Um, so I usually will warn, uh, okay. going in, uh, you know, it's, and I, I hate, I hate kind of pressing kayfabe like that a little bit. Uh, but if we haven't worked before, I'm going to tell you straight up, uh, this isn't going to, then, you know, I got it. <laughs> One of my peacemakers is, uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm, uh, he's Victor, Victor Ursus, uh, Bobby is his, is his regular name. I told Bobby the first time I ever met him, I said, well, I gotta, I gotta warn you. I'm a, I'm a little snug. I'm, a, I'm gonna get you hard. And he's like, it's all good. He's a former army guy and big, big boy. And we start working, and I popped him a couple times, real good. We get into the back, and he goes, I thought you said you hit hard. <laughs> and I was like, oh, we're gonna be good friends. We're gonna be real good friends. It's uh, I, you know, the the the, the scripted with physicality. You just gotta, you gotta be able to realize it's it's a work at the, at the end of the day 
right. you, you get bombed, you get slammed, you get chopped. Uh, you got to realize you guys are going to walk back and, and somebody's going to be like, oh, that was so good. Like, it, it's, uh, it's real, real rough, rough housing, you know? You just got to be able to draw the line. Gotcha. So is there any memorable or huge moments that you can think of in your career that you'll stand out as, yes, that is the biggest moment ever? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. Um, so, uh, about a month ago, no, I guess we're almost two months out. Uh, I won, uh, my first title, uh, the urban, the urban legend, uh, it's the urban legend, uh, horror chainsaw champion. I just call it the urban legend championship. I won it, uh, I won it in front of, uh, one of, one of my, one of my peacemakers, one of my best friends, um, I want it in front of uh, the other Peacemakers family, which is also the other Peacemakers family because they're brothers. Uh, and they're, they're, I consider them brothers at this point too, honestly. I got to win it in front of, in front of them. Uh, one of the other Peacemakers was in the match with me as an opponent. Uh, and, and it was one of the bigger shows that I got to wrestle in front of. You know, it was, it was pretty packed, more packed than normal. And uh, some, of the, some of the boys from my job came and it was cool to win the belt in front of them. Uh, my uh, my dad and daughter came though, and uh, I'll tell you, it was it was real cool to do that in front of them. And uh, I I actually haven't got a chance to talk about this, uh, so this is this is the first time I could talk about this, and I get kind of deeper. Uh, it was it was really cool being able to do that in front of my kid. Uh, so she knows, you know, that anything she wants to do, she can do because her dad went and, and he did it. And it, it was so important to me, man. And I held that belt up and I told her, I was like, you know, in the middle of the ring, you know, in front of everybody, I got up on the rope, held that belt up. And I told her, this is, this is for you. You know, then I went through and I told everybody, I was like, this is for all of you. But I, you know, my, my, my dad wanted to show my mom and we all watched it together on he. You know, he had it on his phone and he put it up on the TV and uh, I win that belt and, you know, there's confusion on who won and they go and still, or no, and new, I'm sorry, and new. And when they said new, uh, you know, my daughter starts screaming, but so did my dad. <laughs> and I had never, uh, I'd never heard him that proud of me before. Awesome. And it was the best feeling that I could make my my dad and my daughter that proud of me at the exact same time. And I could do it with two of my best friends in in, in the room and their family. And I got to do uh, I got to do it in front of those boys who, who need a good example in their life. Right. And it was it was it was just a really a really big moment for me. Uh, That's awesome. But 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 hearing hearing my old man like legit just just you know loses shit for me man it was yeah. yeah that was that was it that was the biggest moment and you know i've i've won and and lost two titles since then uh but that first one it, it meant the most i'm sorry it's i'm outside it's getting a little windy so if i all right. if i'm all right. here i apologize that's all right man so what is the most important things that you want the fans to see from you specifically when you're working a match uh like so if we're talking character wise here um 
I, I was, I was a cowboy, uh, like a, like a, like a shoot, like in a, like a real cowboy. Um, I did that. Uh, I did that for a handful of years and I really loved it. And I want them to be able to look at stud the way they looked at Terry and the way they looked at dusty and they go, that is a real cowboy. And he is tough as nails. And he's gonna fall down. He's gonna get scraped. He's gonna get bumped, and he's gonna he's gonna put some dirt on it. He's gonna get up, and he's gonna he's gonna show that guy across the ring what for. That's when when people watch a stud Bronson match. I want them to look and go, man, that stud. He is a stud. That's that's what I'm looking for. That's right. So, is there any pre-match rituals? How what you eat? Any hype music you listen to? Uh, <laughs> Oh, I mean, you're, getting me to, you're literally getting all my secrets out right now. Um, so <laughs> I, uh, I'll pick up, I'll pick up Manimal. Like if we're working semi-local, you know, like in Tucson, which is about an hour and a half away, I'll pick up Manimal and I'll tell him. Uh, he get the second he gets in the car, I go, hey, "Did you eat?" And he goes, "No." And uh, he'll give me a reason why I can't eat, and I'll be like, "Okay, we're gonna go to Burger King," <laughs> and I will make him eat burger king with me because it's an hour and a half drive so you know by the time you get there you're gonna be hungry again anyway right and so i'll make him eat burger king with me and then we don't eat for the rest of the day uh and if it's a really big match uh i'll, I'll actually go here uh for all my matches i pray uh before okay. every single match i pray for my safety i pray for my opponent's safety Mm -hmm. I pray that uh, they enjoy what we do and that we just go and we have fun. I, every single match, I stop right before I go out and I, I pray. And not a, lot of, not a lot of people know that. Um, now, here's the, here's the big secret. Uh, it, that one was a little bit of a secret. This is the big secret. Uh, I was a kid and I read uh, Mankind, A Tale of Blood, uh, Blood and Sweat Socks. Okay. And... Uh, Mick talked about going and and training, you know, and, and, and doing the wrestling thing. And he was getting ready to have a big match and he was looking for a tape. He just wanted to distract himself. And he put on uh, the first tape he found, which was uh, Tori Amos. Huh? And he, uh, he put on a song called Winter, um, which isn't by any stretch of the imagination a violent song um and i started to listen to winter uh before my my bigger matches uh before i won the urban legend i listened to winter uh before i won the the ascw hardcore and the uh the Compton boulevard i listened to winter um and i don't know what it is about the song maybe it's because i know what it did for mick but it's, it does the exact same thing for me. It, you know, it, it makes it so I can go be Stud Bronson. That's awesome. And, and I, I go and do it. So, yeah, those are my, those are my pre-matches right All there. Right. All right. So how important is the communication between guys backstage, refs, and the ring, and your opponent? Uh, okay. So communication between my, me and my opponent and the ref and even the commentators, uh, it's really important if you don't have if you guys aren't all on the same page it's not going to be a good match it, i've wrestled a lot at this point and if you're 
if your ref isn't there with you, if they don't know what's going to happen, they're useless. And you making your referee useless makes you useless. You're okay. you're bumbling around the ring. You're making your ref look bad. Uh, you gotta you gotta talk to your ref about what's happening. You gotta talk to your opponent about what's happening. You have to clear your spots with your opponent. You have to clear everything. I'll even go to a commentator and I'll tell him, "Hey, can you say this about me? Can you say this about this move? Can you?" Uh, the first time I hit my finish, uh, Jeff Mam uh, was my commentator, and he said, uh, "Here it is. It's the Marlboro Red. It's a cyto suplex. Okay. Uh, it's like a Doomsday cyto, like uh, like uh, Killer Cross does." And I hit Doomsday, and he goes, it's the Marlboro Red, and he calls that his cowboy killer. And there's so much in that sentence, because a Marlboro Red is a cigarette that was known as a cowboy killer. Okay, yeah. Stud Bronson is a cowboy. Stud Bronson's move is a cowboy killer. So how many many cowboys has Stud Bronson killed? Like, it it just makes your character look so much more in-depth. Like, there's so much more to you. Um I remember the uh, Jeff Mann had a great call, uh, and it was a suggestion. But the way he did it, the way his voice went, me and my tag partner, uh, Manimal, we stepped up, uh, we versed each other in a match. We stepped up face-to-face, and uh, Jeff said, it's like the missing link and a Kodiak bear. And he made, with that, it was basically him saying it's the irresistible force meets the immovable object. Right. And by by saying that, he made Stud Bronson a Kodiak bear. He made the manimal, the you know Bigfoot. Um, and yeah, so if yeah, if you guys aren't all on the same page, I'm not saying you're gonna have like the worst match on earth, but your match is gonna be ten times better if your yeah. ref knows what's going on, if both of you know what's going on, and your commentator knows what's going. Hundred percent, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Who's the best on the mic today? Because I like I said it earlier, you're you killed a you killed the promo. So I gotta say that. But who would you say is the best on the mic? Oh my god. Uh so I I would be remiss if I didn't say, you know, Cody Rhodes, LA Knight, uh MJF. I think those are all really obvious answers, and I think everybody will agree. You'll have a person in the comment section that'll one of them's gonna say that. Uh for me it's Edge. Uh, you put a microphone in Edge's hand, and he is going to tell you everything you need to know. He's going to make you feel everything you need to feel. Uh, Edge is the last of a dying breed. We don't realize how lucky we are that we get to hear him and watch him still. Uh, it's, you know, and there's the the rumbling that he's going to retire tonight on SmackDown. Yeah. And God bless him if he does, man. He's done so much more for us in wrestling than, you know, the majority of us will will ever know uh he you know goldberg was the only guy really doing a spear and five six years passed and here comes edge doing a spear and now everybody's got a spear right and maybe that's bad but you know edge opened that door he he made being kind of dorky cool he right. i don't know uh but no edge is and he he sits in that same book with like triple h and and triple h is obviously the guy that He's there with Mick Foley and Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. And so, yeah, no, Edge, in my opinion, you put a microphone in his hand, you can put him up against anyone in wrestling today, and he's probably going to come out on top, man. I say probably because that MJF, he's got, 
he's got a venomous, venomous viper tongue in his mouth. And he might be able to out-talk Edge, but in my opinion, man, it's Edge. Awesome. Okay, so do you think he's going to retire? God, I hope not. I hope not. No? I I think there's going to be some kind of twist, something. I mean, I hope not either because he's one of my favorites. Edge and Lita, I used to watch that. That That's epic, epic, epic. One of my favorites, you said MJF, and I, my brother's probably listening. I'm going to say one of my favorite Mike Cockers is CM Punk. Yeah, Punk is phenomenal on the microphone. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, he gets he gets a lot of hate right now. Yep. And I, I'm not in AEW. I can't speak to it. I've never worked with Punk. I've never worked with the Elite. Uh, but lest we forget, CM Punk was the man for a very long time. Yep. Uh, and, you know, it's, uh, he's, he's always been good on the mic. He's always been good in the ring. I'll actually, I'll, 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 I'll fix that. He's been great on the mic. He's still great on the mic. So, yeah. no, punk is, punk is very good. My brother and I have a little debate going back and forth about the scrum, the media scrum. And I, I don't see nothing wrong with it. He did what he did. He did, you know, he is no different than MJF speaking trash in the, in the ring loosely. They're yep. both great. I'm glad that he's back in Collision. I will say this. I think Collision's one of the hottest things out there right now. Oh, I agree. I and agree. it's just crazy good. So um so how does it how does the crowd's energy affect your performance, whether it's in, a, in front of a thousand or in front of ten? Uh if the crowd's not into it, man, I, I it's so hard to turn it on. It is so hard. <laughs> like if you're not getting cheered and you get punched in the mouth and you're you're like, oh, I'm just gonna lay here then. You hit me in the mouth. I'm just going to lay down. Nobody's reacting. Uh, thankfully, I've yet to experience that. Uh, I I have had quieter crowds uh, and smaller crowds, but they're usually a couple people that are always making noise. And as long as... So I'm actually going to stop there and I'm going to say, if there's somebody listening to this that goes to indie shows and you are embarrassed to cheer cheer because if you're the only person cheering you're giving those wrestlers a heartbeat you are the electricity you are their light switch keep them on because if you if you're not doing it they can't do it you're not going to get the same quality match 100 percent. awesome so who's the best running show right now of nwa impact roh new japan wwe AEW, in your opinion oh man so <laughs> I uh I really like I really like power um NWA power but I will say you have to disqualify the WWE uh the WWE is they're the Disneyland of theme parks you're not going to compare the fun fest in in your town to Disneyland uh it's hard man uh you know AEW six flags over Texas it's it's almost it's not quite um Give me, give me just a second. I'm, I'm going to turn this light on real quick because I, I see right. I'm going dark. Give me just one right. second. No problem. Sorry about that. That's all right, man. That's okay. We're good. So I really like uh, Collision, actually. Collision is my uh, – maybe it's because I get to watch it with my daughter – and like me and like, if I'm in, if I'm in town, 
we'll sit down, we'll watch it with my tag partner and his family and our other tag partner, the Chevetto. We'll all watch it together. And it, it just, it feels like good Saturday night fun. Uh, I really like Collision. Uh, WWE's too big to compare it to. Obviously, the E's going to win all the time. So I'm going I'm to say Collision followed by Power. So okay. a, AEW and then NWA. Yeah. Okay. Now, do you do you have any connections with the guys from NWA? NWA? Like, uh, I know I have, uh, I'm friends with Koa from NWA. Um, you know, those guys, we talk a lot. So do you have any connections that you talk to about stuff off of? Uh, so no, I don't, uh, I, so I, I would love that. So if you want to, you know, be the, be the through line there, please, All right. All right. please. Um, the, the person I bounce stuff off of, uh, so I, I trained with, with Mac Havoc, uh, and that, that he was, he was really good to me. Uh, he really put me, I think on the right path. Uh, but, uh, there's, there's a wrestler out this way who wrestled for the NWA at one point. Uh, he's the heritage tag team champions, um, is the, is Navajo warrior. And, uh, Nav is, he's, he's my, he's my mentor. You know, he's, he's the guy I go to with my stuff. I'll tell him, uh, I'm, I'm working on a new move, uh, pretty recently. And I sent it to him and I was like, what do you think? And he's like, well, instead of doing it like this, do it like this. Uh, I'll complain to him when things aren't going right. You know, when I, when I don't like the way something's going, I'll, I'll, I'll shoot him a message. I'll see if I'm wrong. And, uh, sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not, but so, so Nav, Nav is my, he's my guy that I, but you know, he's, he's worked with the NWA. He's worked with the WWE. Uh, he's, he's, so I, I guess maybe I do technically. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I don't look at it like that. I, I kind of, I look at him like my teacher. Um, I don't look at him as like a company guy. I'm like, you know, you're, you're the best wrestler I know personally. So let me ask you these yeah, things. And yeah, he's 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 awesome. He's he's great. I think I've seen stuff on you that if you had to choose a to have your eyes focused on a major promotion to be NWA, am I right on that? You are 100 percent correct. Okay. I would, um, uh, the the NWA is my is my goal. Uh, I would what I would love to bring the peacemakers into the NWA and run rough shot on the tag team division. Okay. I know uh, Trevor Murdoch is uh, he won the Crockett Cup last year. Uh, yep. Him and uh, the the four, I don't know if he's the former Mike Knox. Uh, and I'm you know I'm I'm saying it right now. I think I think the cowboy from hell and the manimal would uh would eat them alive. <laughs> there you go. Younger, stronger, faster. You know, it's uh, I I think we'd definitely be able to punch their ticket. We yeah, had the the NWA is my it's my ultimate goal. It is. All right. Awesome. So my topic is what's your opinion on crossover between pro wrestling and other forms of entertainment, such as movies, TV shows, and video games. So celebrities in wrestling, like Logan Paul, Mr. T's, et cetera, are they needed? Um, so yes, I, I, I'm going to say yes. Uh, we wouldn't have wrestling today if it wasn't for Mr. T and Cindy Lauper. Um, the, the, the rock and roll connection. Uh, I'm talking wrestling on the scale it's at now. That rock and wrestling connection was uh, that was off the chain, man. You know, you brought in the biggest the biggest TV star, who was in the biggest movie at that time, mm-hmm. uh, and you brought him with the biggest female musician, and then you bring in the greatest boxer of all time. You know, for your first WrestleMania, there was 
there was so much that that outside celebrities did for pro wrestling. I will say this though, uh, I don't think we've had a really good celebrity uh, in wrestling since I think it goes Mr. T, it goes Stephen Amell, and then Logan Paul, because I I don't think anybody but those three really took it seriously. They went and they competed and they competed well. Uh, so, you know, and, and Logan is, you know, people, you'll, he'll have his detractors, but the stuff he's able to do with Ricochet, nobody else can do that with Ricochet right now. He's, he's money. Yeah, he is. And he connects it to his drink, you know, his, his prime energy drink. And so the kids go to the store and they're like, oh, I'm going to buy this prime. Like Logan Paul told me to, who's in the WWE. Oh yeah. Smackdown's on tonight. I should watch that. Right. And th- there you go. You're reaching more households with bigger celebrity. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Best storyline of all time. Oh. oh, 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 oh. Uh, oh man, that's super hard. Nobody has ever, ever asked me that. Uh, it could be Dusty versus the Horseman. It could be. It could be Brett versus Sean. It could be. Steve Austin versus, you know, Stone Cold versus uh, Mr. McMahon. Um, I, you know, I actually, I'll go with that. I'll say it's, it's, it's Stone Cold versus Mr. McMahon. It was the every man is the blue collar worker dropping his boss on that stack of dimes. He calls a neck. And I can't tell you how many times we've all wanted to do that. At yeah. least once in your life, you've gone, man, I would like to punch you right in your mouth, you know, yeah. wearing desk sitting pen, right. And I just want to, and I, yeah, Steve, Steve and Vince did something that, like I know him personally, Steve and Vince, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Steve and Vince, they, they did something that hadn't been done before, you know, um, you, there are incredible storylines in pro wrestling from Hulk Hogan having lust in his eyes, looking at Elizabeth to, <laughs> you know, Hulk Hogan stuff in the rock in the back of an ambulance and hitting it with a semi truck yeah. there. We have incredible, incredible storylines. Um, I think Austin McMahon takes it. I, I really do. I like uh, the Bloodline storyline, of course, this current one. Oh, it's yeah. only, only because it's it's they did so well with it bringing family into it. I, yeah, absolutely. It's just epic. And I just I did not know this happened, but I was just watching um I think old school WCW or whatever, and the Four Horsemen. I watched the episode where they're kicking Sting out of the Four Horsemen. Yeah, and I'm like, I want to come back and watch the rest of that because. Sting's my guy. Oh, yeah, you know? Sting. I love Oh, my Sting. God. Sting's my guy. So I'm like, wow. So, yeah. Uh, how about, would you say there's a worse storyline ever? Uh, um, when Kai and Ty choppy choppy Val Venus's pee-pee. Uh, I think okay, that's one. There you go. I think, <laughs> uh, uh, I think the Katie Vick storyline with Kane and, and Triple H was awful like i i don't want to say it was awful right like everybody performed at a really top rate like it was the it was the eventual unmasking of kane like yeah uh but it we just maybe shouldn't have gone that route right, um, right. An, another one is uh al snow and, and big boss man when boss man fed yeah. al snow his dog yeah. but that brought back the british bulldog so yeah. that worked out well i don't know yeah there's there's been some stinkers though for sure. Top five male wrestlers of all time. Oh boy. So 
Steve Austin's the greatest of all time. Um, he nobody outsold him. Still to this day, Steve Austin's in the top five, I think, for WWE T-shirt sales. Nobody's done more money than Steve Austin, and probably nobody ever will. Realistically, he he's twenty years past wrestling. His T-shirt sales are still top five. Uh, what he was able to do in the ring uh, before the broken neck. Uh, and then completely adapting the style to wrestle with a broken neck and then going on to wrestle with that broken neck and from 1997 until 2002 and then coming back 20 years later and wrestling Kevin Owens in a really good match. Uh, I, I think I think Steve is number one. I think uh, Hogan is number two. Uh, whether you like him, you hate him, you love him, whatever it is, Wrestling today exists because of what Hulk Hogan did with Mr. T and Cindy Lauper and slamming that 500-pound stinky giant. There's the quote from Hulk himself. Um, I think I think Hulk is absolutely your number two. I think your next three is where it gets super hard. And it's you have to consider just their wrestling career, right? Like So a lot of guys, myself included, would want to say, well, Triple H is number three. What he's done for wrestling post his wrestling career makes Hunter one of the greatest of all time. Absolutely. Okay. But if you if you go, well, just just wrestling, like just their their run as a professional wrestler, who do you consider? Uh I would say probably The Undertaker is number three. I'd say Sean is number four. And I'd say I I would comfortably say Stinger is number five. Um I, I Sting is 62 years old. 63 years old jumping off of a ladder from the ring to the outside onto a 25 year old kid yeah. like through a la- through a table sting doesn't need to do that nobody no. thinks sting needs to prove himself uh but he does and he does it to put these young guys over and no. so yeah stingers and people you know oh he's only number five uh i would put him higher if i if i could it's just that top right. five is very stuffed Right. Now, Stinger back in the, I mean, putting the guys over. So, oh, yeah. How important is, like, if I am, uh, if I'm Stud Bronson and I'm in AEW, how important it is, is it to listen to Sting, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, all those guys in the back that have been doing this and have done it? I will, I will say, I will say this, if you are a wrestler and you're on the indies and you get to go to a big league and Stinger sits down and he's putting his boots on next to you and he starts talking, lean in, listen to everything he's saying and, and absorb it. Uh, if the Bucks do it, the Bucks did something, man, this is going to pop Manimal and his wife. Cause I, <laughs> me and the Bucks, I have a, I have a heated relationship one-sided with them. They don't even know I exist, but man. Uh, but I, I'll say the the Bucks have done something nobody's ever done before. Them and Cody and Kenny going, we're a group of wrestlers and we're going to start a wrestling promotion for wrestlers uh, is bananas. If the Bucks want to talk to you, listen, give them the time. If you're an indie guy and you're sitting in the indies and a bunch of indie guys are giving you advice, listen to about 50% of them. Because only 50% of them, maybe less than that, probably less than that, have your best interest at heart. I'm not saying don't listen when guys talk, but if it's just if it's just two indie boys and he's got a couple more years, maybe he's got a decade, maybe he's got 20 years, 
but he's wrestling the indies maybe consider the source take it with a grain of salt if stinger sits down and he wants to talk do it but if you know pontiac pete <laughs> who's been wrestling the same cities for 30 years sits down and he's like let me tell you something brother go well <laughs> who'd you ever beat um, yeah right all right it, it, it is. Um, I've got great advice on the indies. I've sat down with guys that you know have been in the business longer than me, and they they really open it up, man. They and they they tell you what it's like, what to expect, uh, what to listen for, what to feel for. I've also heard gas bags, you know, like. Uh, but like I said, uh, my my mentor Nav, he's been in the business since like ninety ninety two, ninety three, something like that. Right. And he says anything and I'm like, I'm all ears and I'll go back and I'll watch the match that we just talked about. If he's got any critique on it and I will, I will go to the point he was talking about. I'll pinpoint it. I'll fix it. I'll fix it. So yeah, consider your source, but absolutely listen, you know, you acknowledge the tribal chief. (laughs) Do I acknowledge the tribal chief, man? You're, you're just going to pop all my boys today. Uh, yeah, I do. I do. I think, I think Roman is playing on a field. Most will never see. Uh, this guy has, uh, beat leukemia twice. He has overcome being force fed and is now one of the hottest, if not the hottest act in professional wrestling in the last 10 years. Um, he is the, he is the guy. From the shield there's no question I'm not saying moxley's i'm literally i'm wearing a death jitsu hoodie moxley's the man seth is the man roman is the tribal chief he's the one he's the one you got to answer to yeah. uh i know he gets you know he gets heat for limited schedules all this all that but his match quality is superb he's really good on the mic uh, he's he's literally elevating everyone around him that gets to work with him. Um, bringing Cody in and going, you're going from Seth to Roman was phenomenal for Cody. Not saying that Cody wasn't already over like gangbusters, he was. Right. And but Roman helped elevate him a little yeah. further yeah. Uh, and made him probably more accepted. But right. no, Roman is Roman is that guy. And I I can't wait for somebody to take that belt off him, but right now if it's not Cody Rhodes, I think I think the belt needs to stay where it is. I think Absolutely. I think Roman's the guy. Yeah. My favorite Roman on the mic. Well, yeah, I guess on the mic is my now my ringtone from my wife. If she calls and goes that one where he was, he goes, "Baby, you are it." And if you uh, because you are it, you got it. Yeah. You know. It was epic. I was like, yes, you know. Yeah. So are gimmicks necessary or overused? Uh I mean I so a gimmick is necessary. Uh the tribal chief is a gimmick. Uh mm-hmm. this gimmick is better than Roman dressing like a prison guard. You know, like and, and oh. his character obviously drives the gimmick. But the, the, the gimmick is important. Some guys don't need a gimmick. Uh, Steve Austin didn't need a gimmick. Yeah. Steve Austin was black trunks, black boots, bald head, goatee. He's going to come out and whoop your ass. Yeah. Um, 
Rock was a gimmick. He was better than you. He was rich. He was a movie star. He was uh, part of the nation. He was everything you wanted to be and you weren't. He was the Rock was a gimmick. The Dwayne Johnson drove the character. Um, John Cena, weirdly enough, isn't a gimmick. He's just he's he's another Steve Austin. Hulk Hogan is a gimmick. He's he's Mr. America. He's he's that guy. He's that white meat baby face. You know, he is. And some would go, well, the same for John, right? He was coming out doing the Marine thing. Right. But John was always basically the same thing. Hogan changed into more of an American figure over time from, you know, what was he? uh, Sterling, Sterling Boulder. And then, you know, he's Terry Boulder and then he's Hulk. And then eventually he's literally carrying an American flag down to the ring, waving it around. And it was part of his bandana. Hulk became Captain America, you know, and then he became the leader of the NWO. Yeah. And that was a gimmick. I think, yeah, gimmicks are, are necessary, uh, but you have to have the character to drive them. Okay. Now, you might be something special like Steve Austin or John Cena, where you don't need a gimmick, but you probably need a gimmick. I got a gimmick, you know? Gotcha. How has the landscape of pro wrestling changed since you first started? Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) Wrestling is much bigger. Uh, And people keep saying this on the Internet. I didn't realize it, but. Uh, if I, if I like, if I follow one person on Instagram that is a fellow wrestler that I've never heard of before, and I think they're small time, and then I look at their mutual friends list, their mutual friends bleed in and actually bleed into mine. Like they actually, we do, we have tons of mutual friends. And then if I look at my other, if I look at them, they bleed into guys like, uh, you know, hammer who I am, I'm, I'm friends with on social, but I'm saying like, you'll have that. And then Hammer goes to Jacob Fatu. They're friends on social. Then that goes to the Pacific Savages. That goes to the Haku. That goes, and then all of a sudden, you realize that wrestling is gigantic and probably the biggest it's ever been. And it's it's much bigger, and it's perhaps much more. I don't know. Open. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What's the most valuable lesson that you've learned from whoever? The most valuable lesson I've learned. Kind of, it goes back to your other question about sitting down and talking with someone. Uh, Your first, you know, you first walk into that locker room and you sit down, keep your mouth shut and your ears open. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a big, I'm a big, bad dude you know, 250 pound kickboxer cowboy, like a legitimate, like you ever see the movie raising Arizona, yeah. Randall Tex Cobb riding that motorcycle, throwing spin kicks, smoking cigars. That's me in real life. I still walk in that locker room and I'll sit down and I listen, you know, I'm, I'm quiet and you, you do learn a lot from, from listening. So, uh, to answer the question earlier, kind of connect them, uh, mouth closed, ears open for sure. You have any you got your eyes on anybody out there that you uh that you're gonna ch- you can call out and challenge? Are there guys I want to call out or challenge? Oh my god. Yeah, actually. You know what? There 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 is there is a guy. Uh 
And I maybe you would expect a small potato here. I'm not going to give you a small potato. Uh, Tyrus, right? That NWA heavyweight champion. Yeah. Uh, He has been the NWA heavyweight champion for over 275 days. 75 of those days has gone without a title defense. Not a single one. Now, as I know it, 30 days, that means you lose that title. Right. Now, you've done that almost twice over now. We're sitting here with no title defense since the Crockett Cup. Is that right? And you're going out there sitting on, on, on gut field with your title belt, acting like you're a champion. So if people, you know, they see this, go ahead and tag the NWA. Tag Tyrus. Let them know. I'll come. I'll wrestle you. And I'll take 10 pounds of gold. I'll take Charlotte. I'll put it over my shoulder because I'm going to beat the crap out of you. That's the, I'm going to set out a challenge right there. And I know people are going to be like, oh, that's so arrogant. That's so cocky. Well, hey, man, if I ain't doing it, who else is? 75 days without a title defense. You got Roman Reigns defending what? A couple of weeks ago, people want to give that guy garbage all the time. You have MJF. He's wrestling twice in one night at Wembley. But Tyrus can't defend his title once a month. So, Tyrus, you got the, you got the cowboy from hell calling. It's time to pick up. You hear that, Tyrus? I'll be posting this on TikTok and all my social medias, and you'll be tagged in it, NWA, Tyrus. Let's see if he can answer the call. Oh, yeah. I uh, Matt Cardona, that's, what's your opinion on Matt Cardona? I have my opinion on Matt Cardona, and it's probably different than yours. I, uh, I love Matt Cardona. Um, <laughs> I, so, and I know there's some clicking right now. My phone tends to do this if it gets hot, so I apologize if I'm overheating. Okay. Uh, so I, it might be a little clicky while I talk. So my, my bad, I'm sorry. Um, Matt Cardona is, he's the, he's it, man. Like he went from the biggest show in the game. He goes, does a little bit in impact, does a little bit in AEW decides maybe he doesn't like this. And he goes and he collects every single belt he wants on the Indies. And he's giving these guys a push. He's giving all these guys a rub. I, I'm like, Wow, he's and he's going out wrestling a style he doesn't need to wrestle. Be, he's done a death match. I like what? What uh, Zach Ryder did a death match? Like, you know, I, I really like Matt Cardona. I think he's great. I do, but I asked him to be on the show and he wanted me to pay five hundred dollars. Oh my god. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> you know. But is he good? Yes. I'm about to say he's not good. But I'm not a big man that's gonna cash, cash out five hundred dollars to somebody for coming on a show. I'm just no, not I, gonna do it. I get that. I understand. Um, what's your opinion on Cash Wheeler? Oh, uh, um, so FTR is uh, they're like my favorite tag team. Like outside of I myself, and Manimal, they are. Oh. Uh, I get I get compared actually to Cash all the time. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll be in a locker room. I'll walk back from my match, and they're like, "Holy crap!" It's Dude, like watching okay. Cash Wheeler wearing Terry Funk tights. I like Cash a lot. I think I, I I read up on it, you know, and they we know very little. I guess it was a road rage thing. Yeah, and he might have flashed a, a firearm, and yeah. no, he didn't shoot anything. He just you know he no. showed him. Yeah. Uh, we 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 all make mistakes. Absolutely, you know. Uh, that that's a, it, if it's a serious mistake, obviously he went to court for it. You can't say, well, I don't know if you did it or not. Sounds like he did it. We yeah. all make mistakes. Nobody was hurt. I'm no. sure it was in the heat of the moment. Right. Uh, God bless him. God yeah. bless him. That's same here. I mean, I hope that they, 
I mean, yeah, you did what you did, but let's move on and hope it doesn't get blown out of proportion because right. we all you make mistakes. Anybody. Every day I make mistakes. So same. Sorry. Okay. You know, I before we close the show, we you know I work with kids, and um, of course we sit around a dinner table, and they got some some sh- some questions for you. Okay. Called kid questions. All right. Favorite food. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna do this. It's easier for me. I'm gonna do favorite meal. My favorite meal is is Cowboys it Gets. I think it's uh, country fried chicken with uh, cream gravy and mashed potatoes with cream gravy and corn, and then you got a side of uh, biscuits and gravy. Uh, so that's my favorite meal. Yeah, that'd be that's a great meal. Thank I mean, you. does pineapple belong on pizza? Yes, it does. Weird, yeah. right? Right. <laughs> You play video games? Yes, I do. Favorite video game? Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Favorite movie? Uh, Conan the Barbarian. Favorite hobby? Oh, my God. Weightlifting, I guess. It's like it's how I break up the time. <laughs> how much food do you eat in a day before working at match? Before match, uh, I'll eat once, uh, like, a, like a breakfast sandwich from like Burger King. Um, I try and keep it light. Uh, after the match, uh, I will literally go eat a whole dinner at Big Boys. Uh, but gotcha. before match, it's you take a bad bump. You hear the stories all the time. John Cena throwing up, uh, CM Punk pooping his pants. Like it's, I don't want to do it, man. <laughs> no, no, I don't think I'd want to do that either. So if you see that chair behind me, um, that's from an act, uh, from an indie show. Yeah, uh, that I took my kids to. So they asked, does a chair shot hurt? <laughs> yes yes it does what will you do after wrestling is over uh <laughs> uh i want to be a mall santa <laughs> what a mall santa yeah. there you go I, love I it. Be a santa claus yeah love it love it love it you sleep a lot yeah 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 I do. yeah <laughs> all right that's what they got so Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast fans, I appreciate you coming on tonight um, with our the man Stud Bronson. I'm going to give it over to you to, for you to um, close the show, tell people where we can see me, see you at um, in Stud Bronson style. You can call anybody out. You can tell everybody where we're going to meet you at. And I, by the way, I got to say this: your tag partner, Manable. A no show. <laughs> what? I think, I think he's sitting out front, out front of my house right now. I he's scared. He's, he's afraid to come in to get these questions. That's what it exactly. is. Exactly. He's being camera shy. I'm gonna I'm give him. I'm gonna give him a load for this. Don't worry. I'm a, I'm a rhythm for it. All right. So close the show, my friend. Um, tell us where we can find you. Tell us where you can find your merch and uh, anything you need to tell the people out in the future, 2023. Let's have it. Okay, so you can you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok uh, at Stud Bronson or at the Stud Bronson for TikTok and Instagram. Uh, you can get T-shirts of of the Stud Bronson brand from tpublic.com. You go on, you type in Stud Bronson, four or five of them pop up. Uh, you can see me next at Throwback Era Wrestling TW this Sunday in a Barrio Street fight against Barrio Bling. Uh, after that, we have STF Pro Wrestling um, August 26th in Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, the South Pacific Savages will be there. Shane Douglas will be there. Kevin Sullivan will be there. Jacob Fatu will be there. It's a, it's a loaded show, and I'm going to call it right now 
Uh, I got two battle royals. I got one for the tag belts. I got one for the king of combat. And I am guaranteeing you right now, I'm walking out with one of those. I'm either going to be the king of combat, Stud Bronson, or me and Manimal are going to be the STF pro tag team champion, Stud Bronson, the Manimal, the Peacemakers. Uh, after that, September 9th, we are at Battleground Pro Wrestling in uh, Pierce, Colorado. And we, uh, we, got some, we got some fine opponents uh, going to happen there. Uh, and we are going to win. I'm just, you know, that's how we do it. We're just going to beat them. That's, uh, but that's, that's it right now. Uh, if we're calling people out, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with that. I'm going I'm to call out Tyrus. I want a shot at, at, at Charlotte. I want that 10 pounds of gold, man. That's what I want. I want, I want the NWA. I want Tyrus. I want it all. Me and Manimal will take those tag titles. We'll take that heavyweight championship, and we will make the NWA great again. And we can listen to Smashing Pumpkins with Billy Corgan while we do it. There you go. Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast. This is um, Huge Pop and Stud Bronson. Stay local. Don't go anywhere, Stud Bronson. After I play this music, I'll meet you in the lobby, man. Thank you, guys. Have a blessed night. Good night, everybody. Extreme.